Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast, yeah. where I speak with some of the most influential, some of the most powerful, inspiring black entrepreneurs and professionals. And today, I'm so scared I'm going to say the name wrong. No, <laughs> I have Franklin Boateng. Boateng's fine. Boateng is like... Boateng. You know, in the Ghanaian way, is Boateng. But it's fine. It's all right. Boateng. And... He's literally a legend. I feel like you're a legend because he's one of the first social media influencers in his game to get over 100,000 followers on Instagram. He's the founder of King of Trainers. You have two books, don't you? Five books. Audio books. Okay, audio books. Five audio books. My bad. Sorry, I saw two. My bad. But um, yeah, so um, five books. TEDx speaker as well. Um, give it up. Hello, welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. What introduction. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you for coming on. By the way. Oh no, anytime. I appreciate anytime. it. Anytime. What um what what made you agree? I'm I'm interested to know because. Uh, uh-huh. I'm sure you get approached all the time. Well, you know what what, I, what it is. I think um we met at um yeah we met at the uh, the event in mm. Box Park. Box so Box Park. Correct. I keep remembering. Yeah, yeah. So the Black Tech Black Black in Tech event, right? Mm. And um you know you approached me. You were enthusiastic. Um, and you were just on it. You was on it. And I, I like that. I like that. And I, mm. with me, I'm very, because I do get approached a lot. Mm. I'm like, okay, let me get things done quickly. Mm. Because I know if it drags on, sometimes I just get busy, mm. you know. So let me just get things done quickly. And I was like, yeah, can we do as soon as possible, you know. Oh, so, yeah. well, thank you. I appreciate it. No, it's okay. Anytime. So I guess it's kind of like talking about, I guess, where you're at at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've seen that you've just worked with um, Stormzy on his... Well, well, no, no, no. So, so, so the, so the Stormzy thing is, um, uh, is everyone, everyone's hitting me about that. So no, so, um, I, I helped, um, bring, I helped Averex come back to the UK in the sense that I opened a shop with Averex as a partnership. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, Mega Man is, is someone I respect. And he, he said, Frank, I need a white Averex for the Stormzy video. Um, this was a while back, actually, before the video came out. Mm. So I knew about it a while back. Um, they shot the video. I, I, we gave him the jacket. I shot the video. Um, and then literally like, the video came out, what, was it last week or something like that? Mm-hmm. And then it just went, it's like going crazy. Because he, 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 his, his, his cameo in it was just so significant. Mm. Bowler, white bowler hat, white Averix jacket, mm. umbrella. And it, it kind of went viral to some extent. Like, people got in. Sick. Yeah, yeah, people are going crazy about that. How did you Big connect? Mega. How did you get that connect? Um, with Averix. Yeah. Um. Well, what it is through the King of Trainers. Um, yeah. I designed um a pair of Aless trainers, yeah. and I remember having a meeting with one of the directors, and he's like, "Oh, Frank, like, we're buying Averix." Like, I'm like, "Yo, like, I I lost it. I lost it in the meeting, and um, and I was like, yeah, like this was meant to be, you know, and and then he he asked me like, you know, what what should we do? We want, mm. we want you to help us with it. And I said, okay, cool, man. Let, let's get, originally I said, let's get some jackets for my other shop um, mm. in Box Park, retro store. Mm. And um, then from there, he was like, no, you know what? Let's, let's just open a shop with you. Let's, let's, you know, you know, let's, Where, let's go. Where's the shop based? The shop is in Box Park, Shoreditch. Yeah. So unit 20 Box Park, Shoreditch. We have Averick shop there. Yeah. That's wicked. Yeah, it is. It is that pretty, is so it's good. Yeah, it's pretty dope. That's big. Thank you. Thank okay. You. So, you have all these 
accolades and I know that you know you've right, right now you're working with probably some incredible people mm-hmm. I want to kind of get into the background of you like mm-hmm. how you started I know you grew up in Tottenham yes um and but you're, you're Ghanaian were you born I am in Ghana? Ghanaian no I was born here I was born here okay yeah. okay so tell me so in regards to your upbringing, what were you into when you were a child, when you were like growing up as a teenager? Okay, a, a teenager or before the teenager? I don't know. Like, well, as a as a as a young child, I was always into trainers. I was always into trainers. Okay. I was always into entrepreneurship. My mum used to buy me like Matchbox cars for like one pound, and I saw them in the playground. Like Which ones? Matchbox cars. See, this is what I'm saying. I've got. <laughs> we're taking we're taking this it's up, okay. way way back. So for the for the for the more mature listeners. You match, everyone knows what Matchbox cars were. Okay, okay. So they were like these match, they were these little replica cars and they were like Matchbox cars and they were in little boxes like about that big. Yeah. And um, I used to get them like for like a pound. I used to resell them and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. In school, you used to resell them? Yeah, I used to resell them in school, yeah. What yeah. what triggered you to want to like make money? Was it just that you didn't have any or did you see something <sighs> like that? What was the reason? No, you know what? My parents worked really hard. I was just very into business from a young age. I don't know what it is. I, I was very into business from a young age and and... That's what I don't know what it is. I think it's just seeing my my parents work hard, oh. and um, my, my we just like nice things. <laughs> That's your mean. Like, did you grow so, up rich? No, no, no. By by no means did I grow up rich in any way, shape, okay. or form. My mum worked really hard, um, and my dad worked really hard, oh. and I I grew up in a time when it was one pair of trainers a year, you know. Um, and I grew up in Tottenham, oh. and uh, for me it was. It was just kind of knowing that you have to take care of your things, mm. you know. Obviously, as as young a young a young boy, you might mash up your things, then you get in trouble for it, isn't it? Mm. So then, before you know it, um. yeah, before yeah, you, yeah, you mash up, you, you fall down, you get a <laughs> hole, like, bust take, a hole, take yeah. Vaseline, yeah, use yeah. that on your kickers, yeah, yeah, all of that, yeah. So I wasn't really so I got in the early age of my life, I got into taking care of my items, like okay. make make sure I'm cleaning them, make sure yeah. I'm preserving them. And then by doing so, it made me have more respect for 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 what I own. So you know, part of the the whole King of Trainer stories is my mum. You know, loved tennis. She loved Boris Becker, who had an an Les Clothing deal, a Puma mm. Footwear deal, and then she actually went out to find the Pumas that I was wearing, mm. um, that he was wearing, mm. and when he won the championship in '85, mm. and uh, from there, it was just just it's all systems go. But I always was in love with business, fashion. I don't know, it was just the thing. My sister inspired me as well. She was really heavily into fashion as well. And yeah, it's just, I was always like, I don't know, I've been an entrepreneur for, since From a kid. young. From young, yeah. So when you started to, um, I guess, build your fascination with trainers, mm-hmm. first of all, what's the first pair of trainers that you bought? Well, well, the, the ones I remember are the ones my mum bought me. They're like a pair of Pumas that she thought were the Boris Becker Pumas. This was when I was about five or six. Those are the ones I remember. I've actually got a picture of me in them oh. um, from back then. And from there, me purchasing my own money, I think the first pair I bought was either, it could be a Nike, a pair of Nike TWs, that was like in 89, or a pair of classics. In 89, you said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Before I was bored. <laughs> I know, I'm an old man, innit? I'm a bit, I'm a bit. <laughs> so, so, so where did your fascination mm-hmm. with trainers come from? Like, what was the reason? It was like, so for me, um, you know, it, it was, I mean, I would say music in some respects, mm. but I was that kid that was just 
I don't know. My mum loved, my mum would buy me nice trainers. And then mm. by me getting compliments on my mm. trainers, like, oh, Frank, your trainers are nice. You're the king mm. of trainers. Mm. I think that kind of led me on to love trainers. And then mm. through um, my teenage years, I used to go to the States every year. Mm. Basically growing up in Tottenham in the 90s, it was a bit crazy. And uh, my mum would send me to Ghana, sorry, to New York or Toronto. Mm. And back then, if you buy a pair of trains from like anywhere. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It's imports and everything, yeah. import, import. And, um, you know, I, I think the compliments gave me the fire. Do you get what I mean? Because I'll come back with like a nice pair and then like the older kids would be like, right, where'd you get that? Oh my God. Like, so that was, it was, it was the feeling of like people Yeah, you up, the fire. And, yeah. And then, but I, I was just, I, I don't know. I was just in love with trainers. I was that kid that would get, you know, after summer holidays, you have to go with a fresh fit, yeah, a fresh yeah. trainer. I would literally sleep with my trainer on the pillow. I was that kid. You had your trainers on the pillow? Yeah, I was that kid. I'd be, you know, like just, I was just so in love with trainers. I was so in love with trainers. Like just, you know, oh my God, I'm going to wear these. And I think it was more the, I know I'm going to compliment on this. You know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> I know it's really shallow. But it wasn't even for yourself, it was for compliments. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was shallow. <laughs> but that kind of spurred me on and that led me to to kind of where I am now. Okay, okay. Mm. So in regards to, I guess, when you started to use that love for trainers mm. and use it as an influence. Yes. When did that journey start? Well, um, bef- okay, so before social media, mm. I mean, I always say I'm, I'm an influencer's influence, right? Because mm. before social media, on the quote unquote um, streets, mm. like I was influential, like in terms of like just my, my college, school, college times. Mm. I'll be like going to college. I was like probably the first person where well, everyone, we debate this, but I, I say I was the first person in my age group with an Averex jacket, right? Like when I was 17, okay. I spent like 500 pounds when I was 17 on an Averex jacket. And then I wore it to, I went to a college called Sir George Monnets College mm. in Walthamstow. And um, I remember wearing it there on like, maybe like the Monday. Mm. And the whole college was like, oh my God, look at, he's got an Averex jacket. It was such a big thing. Yeah. And then literally by the next week, four guys went and begged their parents for money and got them a jacket. Like literally the next week, the next, it was so crazy. The next, so you were week, a trendsetter. I believe so. I believe okay. so. I believe so. But it was it was for, for back then. You know, see now it's different, right? A lot of people buy things and and they want the same things other people. For us, it was about oh, I'm the only one that needs to have this. Yeah, you know, it's individualism. Yeah. Now it's like oh, have you got these new Yeezys? And if you yeah. haven't, you're not. Oh, how come you ain't got new Yeezys? Like yeah. you're know saying or whatever. So back then it was individualism. So that kind of started. And then using it in the social media aspect, I from from like. MSN, you know, the email days where, you, where email was just fresh and you yeah. email everyone. I was sending pictures, me and my friends, we've got like email strings of me sending pictures, our pictures through email and, and MSN Messenger. I still have some, I think I still have a string. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find it. We've got a string of us sending pictures to each other through MSN Messenger email of just like going back and forth, battling trainers and stuff like that. It was crazy back then. We're talking like years, like 15. But you were so young. So where did you get the money from to, to be buying all of this? <laughs> Okay, well, never mind. Okay. I was a I was a businessman when I was younger. So yeah. No, I, I, you know. Yeah, life. Okay, <laughs> all right, no worries. <laughs> we'll, we'll skip on to that. No, <laughs> I was but, buying and selling trainers. I was, I was reselling trainers before trainers were reselling. I you know what? Friend. It makes a lot of money. My little yeah. cousin does that right now. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he he makes yeah. money than me, and he's like twenty. Oh, oh yeah, no. <laughs> like, the reselling like, game is big, but I was doing it. I was literally buying and selling trainers in the nineties. So um, I was making money off the exchange rate, and back then, oh, now I, I mean, everyone's seen the exchange rate drop. Like it's <laughs> the pound and the dollars like one to one. Yeah. But back then it was two to one. 
So I would literally buy trains for my friends at like a hundred dollars. They'll give me a hundred pounds. They keep the chain. So I make between maybe 30 to $50. Were you, did, did you have like a link in the States that you were, you were like- No, no, no. When I would go every summer. When oh, I go every so when summer, you went, yeah. you just bought everything. Bought, and yeah, and then brought it back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got a picture that money's post up about that, like of me with a whole bunch of like products. That's so States. smart. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like a lot of kids probably go back in summer to whatever countries, whether mm. it's, I went back to Jamaica every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I'm sure there was nothing, nothing I could have bought back in summer. Oh yeah, for sure from Jamaica I just, indeed. Was it in that mode? No, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know what it is? Because uh, growing up in Tottenham, it's just something used to put a battery in our back to, to hustle. Like a lot of my friends were just into just hustling, just making money. Yeah, mm. from young, from mm. really young. So kind of. So you're doing that in college. You were kind of the, you know, stylish guy. Yeah, Everyone's indeed. all looking at Frank. No, And then social mm-hmm. media came about. Indeed, and yeah. I saw that you created your own kind of social media blogging platform as indeed, well. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Tell me about how you got to that point of creating that and why mm-hmm. you even created that. Yeah, website. so I had, um, so straight out of university, I studied visual communication and mm. graphic design and I, and I kind of knew I wasn't going to, pursue that because I had done a stint at um, uh, an advertising agency called BBH Bertel. Oh, you worked at BBH? Yeah. Oh, you know about BBH? Yeah, I, I used to work for WPP. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I, you I, know about advertising. advertising yeah. 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 Okay. So you I know. know the... You know. You worked at BBH back then as well? Back then. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, two. It was oh, two or three. Yeah. About oh, two. That's oh, two. Um, and I... What was that like for you? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, no. So, look. Look, I was very fortunate enough to, to, to kind of help out with some projects. Yeah. Um, I was working with a black producer. I forgot her name. She's a female producer back then. Um, was it Mel? Fe- no. Is Mel? It, is it Mel? Don't, she has a bo- she has low okay. hair, like very low cut hair. She's a, she's a lot older than us. Like, yeah, she's probably... I, I don't know. It could be anyone. Yeah. And the reason why I say Mel, because I know she's big in like film and advertising and uh, I worked with her. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So I worked, you know, so when I worked there, I was like, um, you know, interviewing a lot of people and I yeah. feel, and I, and, um, you know, I, I, I kind of knew, like I wanted to, um, I kind of knew that I didn't want to do that, if that makes any sense, through, just interviewing the way they treated people, if that makes any sense. In what do you mean you was interviewing a lot of people? Oh, a lot of people within the company to see what I wanted to do, where I wanted oh, the position so you I wanted to go. Oh, you were just doing your own discovery. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. And then I think what it was, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, um, so one of the young men, he had to change my life. So um, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the advertising agencies, mm. they take like teams of creatives, right? Yeah. And then, each team has to work for a, a number of projects and stuff. But in BBH at the time is they will take a team of like 10, mm. two, 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 a copywriter and a, and a graphic designer, copywriter and graphic designer. Mm. And then um, the gentleman, he, the gentleman I interviewed, he was one of the team. And I said, so oh, how is it? Like, I'm like, you, you know, this is one of my dream jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, um, he says, oh, um, we're not, I'm not officially employed. We're not employed yet. So he basically was working there on major projects for a whole year. And after that year, they'll choose one of the teams. He's a freelancer. Well, he's not freelancer. He's actually, he was actually work. He was actually there. Like it was like an, in, it was, I would say like an internship oh, okay. for a whole year. And then they get a job after that, that year of working for a whole year. Okay. He was 27 at the time. I was in my early twenties. 
And I said, how do you, how do you make money? He said, oh, my wife looks after me and they give me 50 pounds a week for um, travel. That, that, that wasn't paying him? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if that was legal back then. That was, was it's early 2000s. at the time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, but it was like, because the, 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 the amount of jobs how do I say the amount of jobs for the amount of graduates? Because it was like two, it's yeah. 200,000 graduates every year for design at that time. And it was only 2,000 jobs. So it was very sought after to get a job, especially BBH, one of the biggest oh. advertising agencies in the world. And um, and yeah, and then he ch- he changed my life. Because when I heard that, I was like, I'm young. I mean, look, when I was young in my early 20s, I was, I was doing okay. Mm. So I'm driving cars to school. And do you know what I mean? like, So I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, I can't, I'm a man, man. I can't let... I can't get taken care of Rob like this. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? So that kind of changed my life. And then from there, I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to go into advertising. So I, I was remember working part-time at um, uh, a company called uh, Powerhouse Fitness. Mm. And this company, Powerhouse Fitness, got taken over by another company called Body... Um, sorry, sorry. I was working at Body Active, then I got taken over by a company called Powerhouse Fitness. At Body Active, I was the mail order manager doing the mail order. I had my own department, I had my own office, everything. Mm-hmm. And then this big company took it over. They moved, it was a Scottish company, so they moved all the business up north in terms of the mail order stuff. And I was left with kind of like, oh man, I have to move. They said, oh, you can go and work on shop floor. This means, nah, man. I had my own office. Yeah, I was yeah. in my early, you know, I was chilling. So they said, oh yeah, we need someone to do like the deliveries and installations for the south of England. So then I set up a company to just do that for them. And that's when I kind of had my big, one of my big breaks in business. I was making quite How a bit. How old were you then? I was 25, 24, 25. Okay. Yeah, about, yeah. 24, 25, something like that. And you yeah. just set up a company and it just ran? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But prior to that, I had um, me and my friends, we invested in property as well. So In your early 20s? Yeah, I bought my first place when I was 23. Yeah. That's incredible. And yeah. the money, and most of the money came from trainers. Yeah, work, well, working and trainers and stuff, okay. just stuff. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. So I bought my first place when I was 23. Mm. Um, actually, it, it, I started the process at 23 and it, no, yeah, it was 23, yeah, it was 23, yeah. Yeah, I started the process at 23. Where, in what area? Um, I bought in Southend. I bought, okay. yeah, me and my friends, we bought two places in Southend. That's incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from a young age, you were just focused I and was very, minded. yeah, indeed. Indeed, indeed. I was really on business. I mean, so I had a lot of different, but saying that I always call myself like the, the broke millionaire, right? And I know it's not the best thing to say. Mm. So I, my whole thing when I was younger is I wanted to be a millionaire before I was 30. Mm. And I'd done it by the age of probably 26 in terms of property mm. values and the property I had and businesses that I had. Mm. And then I only went bankrupt by 28, you know, because I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was just, living. I was, yeah, it was, the life was a bit wild. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so when you're young and you're making money and mm. and just, you know, and, and, and I was I was making money, but I was also working flat out as well and burning myself Question. out and things like that. Yeah. How did you accumulate that level of wealth by 26? Property wise, yeah. So I bought a few properties. By the age of about 26, I had about five properties. Different properties. And you're making money from those properties, like renting them out? Yeah, renting them out, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone guide you on this, or did you just do your own? Nah, research? just me and my me and my friends. I bought a few books. Mm. Um, I, I I went. I did. I did. Uh, go to a few of the like property seminars. You know, they do these property seminars mm. around London and stuff. I went to a few learning stuff, but mm. I was just I was just we were just on it. 
I love that, you know. Thank you. It's, Thank uh, you. And I hope it inspires anyone mm. else that's listening out there, mm. to, especially young, just use your money wisely, please. <laughs> indeed, indeed, right. indeed. And I think that's what it is because I did live the quote unquote high life, partying all the time and stuff, but then mm. I did also invest well when I was young. You yeah. clearly did. I if did you had five well. properties by 26. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So, Social media then, when did you first, hold on, what was the first social media app that you used? Because I remember Bebo. Oh, M- MSM, MSN. Wasn't Bebo or Pixo? Nah, it was before, it was MSN, MSN Messenger. Was, was MSN before Pixo and Bebo? I don't even know. I think it could have been, MSN Messenger was, I think that's, that's one of the first ones. Okay. Then you had different ones like Black Chat and all these different other ones. Black Chat. Yeah, <laughs> Black I'm, Chat. I'm not, I'm not yeah. that young. <laughs> You're a Black Chat. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that was a bit after. But um, yeah. yeah, so I was on um, MSN Messenger. Even before then, there was forums. Okay. So you had the forums, like you had like in the sneaker world, you had Crooked, Crooked Tongues forum. In the hip hop world, you had the loud.com forum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had different forums and I was on a few forums. And then from there, I went to, um, I went, I, I kind of, because I had my business at the time of Facebook. I started, I'd done Tumblr and all that, but I had my business at the time that Facebook was out. And I really wasn't on Facebook that heavy, mm. um, if I'm honest. And then um, after I, I, I took a hiatus from like, work in terms of my working physical i i started to learn how social media makes money like yeah. from like i think it's about 2008 ish times mm. i started to learn how social media makes money like properly when? the rule so like how how did you learn that so i was i was i was just i was just diving into the internet like really heavy um because basically all this thing about facebook selling your data and stuff that's been happening from the beginning that's been happening from the beginning of the internet. <laughs> People don't know this. Like it's been happening again on the internet. And I learned about that, you know, like the way it makes money. So I was like, oh my God, I want to build my own social network. So that's kind of what gave me the kind of spear to build my own social network. And during that time, there was like BBM, Messenger and all that, yeah, right? And I remember my social network before, when I started it, it was going to be called a BBM network.com mm. right and the reason why I'd, i said a bbm network because what bbm on bbm messages do is it will just have the message but then people wanted to link up so i, I said okay i'm gonna give you like a bigger forum to link up and then i was thinking about i was like oh maybe i might get even though blackberry bbm mate i don't know if it was trademarked so i was like oh maybe let me just make it about more about myself so now i call it fab's network franklin and then Boatin's network Oh, yeah, so that's Fab's what my it initials. was. Yeah. I see, I thought Fab stand for like fabulous or something. Yeah, no, it was actually my initials. People oh. don't know that. Fab is my initials. Yeah. Okay, okay. So then it was Fab's network. So I built like a social network that was like Instagram. How Instagram is now, mm. I built that online. Um, well, with the pictures and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the pictures, so the, the online, it was pictures, videos, everything. And then you have, so you have your own little page, all your pictures, like literally, it was like that online. I've got, I've got screenshots of it somewhere. And, um, and yeah, I had that for a couple of years from about two. Can, can I just ask you? Yeah. Did you create that yourself or did you like hire out a team? To no, no, no. So it? yeah, I found a company that built social networks and I worked with oh. them and I, 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 I learned how to code a little bit. So I, I kind of built it with, they hosted it and I built the front end right, and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they hosted all like the forum size and the thing and stuff. And I was paying quite a bit of money a month for it. But it, it you know, it did really well. I had um, about 5,000 members. I was getting like a million hits a month. I was doing really, it was, it was, I was getting there. How did you grow it? Because it's one thing mm. to create one. I've, I've got a friend that he just um, mm-hmm. made a social media app right now. Yeah. And I think one of the things that mm-hmm. we're thinking of is like, how, how did you get people it? on it? Yeah, so at that time, the reason why I, I, I actually even called it Fabs Network, because I was outside. 
Like I was, like, was at like yeah, I was at every networking event. Okay. I was at every event. Right. I was handing out my flyers. I really was promoting the hell out of this thing. Right. And it just started to, and then people saw the, what it did. Like it was like a, you know, creative social network. People can display their work. They can, it was like a real nice forum and it was different from the normal Facebooks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just nice, cleanly designed. And it was, the, it was that come up, like, you know, I mean, Jamal Edwards had SPTO at the time. Mm. Um, Posty and Pierre had Grand Day at the time and I was doing my little thing. I wasn't as big as them, but mm. I was just, and I was trying to create my own content. I was really kind of like invested in just growing it. And you know, back then it was, everyone was outside just flyering, mm. networking. Yo, join my social network, boom, boom. And I just had people join and it was it was really good. And I would just post the latest news, you know, like all the little blogs and I was, and my sister had her blog on there and we just, it was just really, it was just an, it was a good period. Unfortunately, I had that for probably about 2008 to 2008. 11-ish mm. and it got hacked by a, I, don't, I wouldn't say I don't want to say by who but I think it got hacked by a, a big social network so yeah it got hacked so what happened they just shut down no it got hacked it was, it was like there was like it was just malfunctioning like it was just bugs and just all these different things were happening um, there's nothing you could have done to pre- prevent it or yeah I, I, I was but it was it was just it was way beyond my knowledge level if I'm honest and even the company I was using they were like we don't know what's going on here really? I, I feel that a big company saw something I was doing and they just joined it and started putting bugs on the system and stuff like that so it kind of you know it was freezing it wasn't loading up properly it was it was way it was just it was just horrible that's but, crazy because that yeah. could have blown up it could have more like especially now oh, oh for black sure. owned as well that yeah, would have yeah. been yeah yeah fabs network man it's you know part of me kind of is like oh man but you know from that so what i what i did from that is i used my twitter mm. my fabs network twitter to promote everything i was doing on that on that social network right. and then that gave me notoriety on on twitter you know i got to the ten thousand on twitter and I, and then and then what people do is they'll pay me to come and twitter blog at their events i saw that and i was yeah. like yeah. i never even knew that was a thing yeah yeah so I, I i called myself the twogger i know it sounds offensive but it's not it was a twitter blogger <laughs> yeah the twogger hey it's yeah. franklin he's a twogger yeah. i'm a twogger yeah yeah <laughs> so i was a twitter blogger so yeah i used to do hackney empire so all the events at Hannah Empire, like the comedy events, I'll be there with my comp- and I'll just be tweeting it and tweeting it and and it's like going and people retweet and it like I was social commentary at Twitter. So even the Tottenham riots, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, I, I was the well. one that um yeah that that started Tottenham riots hashtag as well. So I was just like Twitter, 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 like on crazy on Twitter. Like crazy. So what what do you think mm. it was about your tweets? Because sometimes professional <laughs> 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 moment, I tweet something and I think this is gonna blow. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> nobody likes it or nah, no one I was. <laughs> I was very witty. I was very witty with my stuff. I, I believe I was very witty, and I and I just came from like a knowledgeable place. You know what it is. I, I I'm always very careful about speaking on things that I don't know. Right. Do you get okay. what I mean? Right. But then I will comment in a way where I'm very knowledgeable about certain things that I'm commenting about and stuff. Right. And I would okay. I'll, I'll use my Twitter to. I met so many wonderful people. I've got friends today who I met. Just through Twitter. On from Twitter as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Lifetime friends from Twitter. Do you know what? Mm. I'm so glad you've said that because yeah. my day to day girlfriends think I'm crazy because I meet friends on LinkedIn oh, and Twitter and Instagram mm. all the time mm-hmm. and they think I'm mad for it. But I, I'm, I'm so glad that you've confirmed Same. that you do that too. So I Same. feel like I'm on the road to success. 100%. <laughs> 
100%. But um, okay, cool. So you start that network, you had that network going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, when did Instagram come out? Instagram came out, I think 2011, 2010, I believe. Did you hop on it straight away? No, I didn't. No, 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 no. I, I hopped on it because I, I went through um, a little something with JD Sports over the King of Trainers name. Yes, I remember you said. Yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. to talk about that separately. Okay. But can we <laughs> talk about that separately? Yeah, do you want to talk it's separately? We can talk about it separately. Or should yeah. I talk about it now or is it separately? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So, I'm glad yeah. to see about King. Okay, no problem. Please. Yeah, so then, um, and then I jumped on, I jumped on Instagram. Okay. Um, I jumped on with my personal account first. Okay. Um, which was a Fabs Network. It was a Fabs Network account. I changed it to Franklin Boyton. Right. Um, thanks to one of my friends who managed to get me the name. And then um, from there, I, I joined... King, as King of Trainers. I remember mm. I joined King of Trainers in April 2020. And um, and then I just said, okay, cool. So it's only been around for two years? And so April, so April, twi- April 2012. My okay, bad. all right, okay. 2012, my bad, my bad, sorry. I apologise. And um, yeah, I started to go crazy on, a, on blogging. I was doing a lot of updates and stuff with that. And then it, it just started to take off, you know. So how often were you posting to build that level, build that level. And, so, and the type of content? Yeah, so at the time, the algorithm was about just pictures and posting, you know. Okay. Um, and I was doing 20 pictures a day. Um, yeah, no. On your page? On my page, yeah. I know it sounds crazy now, but back then, people understood. It was I was doing about 20 pictures a That's day. That's a full-time job. To some it is, yeah. But I, I, I teach social media. I was learning. Yeah. So from about two, 2008, I was learning about social media and things like that. So I started to then teach it. I started my lecturing. So I was lecturing social media from about 2010. Mm. Um, and I started doing my own seminars and stuff. You, you, it's out there somewhere in, in, in the thing. I'll, I'll mm. do like seminars with Google Campus and, and different places. And I started to understand algorithms and stuff. Like everything that's happening now, I was doing that like 10 years ago. So I, I, I realized, okay, for me to get this account to where it, it needs to be posting, I was posting every day, every day, mm. you know, five posts in the morning, five posts in, in the afternoon, five posts in the evening, five posts really late, you know, and that was 20, my 20 posts a day. And what I was doing, I was basically looking at um, a, a place called Sneaker News. Sneaker mm. News is like the biggest sneaker blog in the world. Mm. And they'll get their, their, their information probably late at night. So by the time the UK we're all sleeping, so I'll wake up at five every morning, rip their content, and then add a bit of my content. Yeah, add a bit of my content. And then I'll mix the news with stories about myself. Right. You know, um, like back in the day when I used to wear trainers and just about Tottenham and just things, different things. And then with that as well, I would then, um, you know, go to events, Mm. um, you know, sneaker events, trainer events, um, dressed up like a king. With the crown and the with the crown and the, the rope, rope. yeah. And where did you buy it from? Because um, I, I saw a picture. Of it. Where, where did you get this? <laughs> no, the rope. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, the rope I got from um, a place in Battersea, a costume shop in Battersea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the crown. <laughs> yeah, the crown <laughs> I got. Yeah, I've had a few crowns. One of my crowns, <laughs> couple of my crowns broke. Yeah. I'm just pressing yeah. what you said. Yeah, costume shop. Yeah. What made you do that, please? Because you see, with me, yeah. I think, I do think, I believe, I think outside the box. I, I realise, <laughs> I realise when you're building a brand, mm. you have to embody your brand, mm. right? So I've always been a king of change since I was a kid. That's always been my mm. thing. But how would someone else know I'm that person? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, It's a yeah, blog, yeah. it's just social media. Yeah. Obviously my friends know and all that. So what I would, what I did is go to these, these footwear events and um, I have a crown and a robe and people be like, who are guy? you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So then that gave me more followers and stuff. It also gave me a lot of hate. 
a lot yeah, of people yeah, hated yeah, on yeah, it. Okay. But for me, I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't yeah. care. I was going to parties dressed up like a king. I went around New York. I remember I went to New York 2015 and um, I was walking around New York with a crown on my head. Imagine that New York, you know, with a crown on your head. And then what made me so so happy, I know you're laughing. Right? <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm trying to hold it back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think and what hilarious. Made me, yeah, what made me happy is some guy was like, in an American accent, like proper thick, like like Brook, like American accent, mm. New York accent to be fair. Yo, King of Trainers, I see you. Okay. And he knew who, he said, I know who you are. Yeah. He said, I know who you are. That's what he said. Yeah, he knew. He knew from the States. <laughs> that gave me a boost. Oh. Lo- listen, if you yeah. don't see me walk around London with a crown on my head. You're a queen. That's it. That's Do it. it. Man. Let's go. Empress. Let's go. Like, Empress. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I, I think that's so amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I'm, I'm not afraid. All this, don't, oh, you people in love. I don't care, man. You yeah. only have one life. I'm yeah. gonna work. I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah. When I want, and I'm yeah. gonna make it happen. What, like, what influenced that mindset though? Because not everyone has that confidence to just be who they want to be. You know, and- yeah. Do you know what it is? I think maybe because I've always been in positions where I'm the only one. What wow. what I mean by that, for example, my university, I was the only black boy. What university was it? Middlesex University. Um, Middlesex University. I was doing um, okay. visual communication design and advertising. So it's like graphics and advertising. Okay. Like out of 70, 70 of us, I'm the only black boy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've always stood out somehow. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I've just always just been like, no, nah, we can do this. I, I was that that friend that I remember, like, I would invite my friends to my... Um, to my house oh what, what, what can we do like yeah. let's let's do a saving scheme let's buy property let's do this I remember when I was 15 I love that when I, yeah when I was 15 I said oh look this Christmas let's all use our Christmas money to start a radio station and my friend oh no 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 I was like no come on we can do it let's I go let's, and then it just it just you know I'm just I've just I'm it's always that like friend that. always always do you know what people like mm. you our blessings because I feel like you would help to get the best out of people, those around you. And those are the same way they can be people that can destroy you. I feel like you're a person that can help grow and nurture. I, I have, I have been told that I do things like that, you know, because I'm not, you know what it is. Life is too short, right? Yeah. 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 And what are we really scared of? No, for real. Do you get what I mean? Like for what real. is really, do you know what I'm saying? If you're not here, it's, that's it. Like yeah, that's, that's yeah, the ultimate. Real. So while you're here, if you want to do something do in it. any capacity, like if I tell you some of the business I've had, you wouldn't believe me. You'd be me. like, I had, I was a co-owner of an adult men's magazine called Candy Mag UK. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, like adult, adult. Like- no. So we, so it was basically like a black FHM. Shout out my okay. guy, Kosha. So my, 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 one of my good friends, Kosha, he'll take the picture, the photography for me. Okay. Um, well, for him, it was, he, it was his actually, he came to me with the, the concept. He'll okay. take the pictures and it was like, we used to celebrate black women, you know, I women of color. That. We never used to do any nude pictures okay. um, on, in the magazine. Um, but it was it was very suggestive. Okay. And we yeah, I was the graphic designer on, on the project and um we we did, we had a good run of about I think seven, eight magazines. How did you monetize from from it? I was wondering. we saw we sell it at barbershops. And they used to buy it. Yeah. This is way but this was like two thousand two thousand 
and and we and you know what it is shout out to um Aquia. i don't know if you heard of the, the 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 british blacklist you know british blacklist yeah yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. so Aquia, she she was the editor and she used to do some amazing interviews of uh-huh. the ladies so we never used to dwell into it wasn't sexual right it was about there's women, we had a doctor, we had right, a musician, see, we had, and, but they were just, it was just beautiful women. Like it was, oh, it was wicked. It was amazing. I need to throw up a post on my, on my Yeah, like my this is, what was it called? It was called Candy Mag UK. Candy, so if we go, can find it. You should be able to find some stuff about yeah. Candy Mag UK, yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's one random, yeah. bu- another business you had. Indeed. So tell me, surprise me again. Um, I had a bus company in Ghana. Okay. Yeah, I had a bus, my mum, my sister, my mum and dad. Um, R.I.P. my dad, but um, we had a bus company in Ghana um, from Accra to Kamasi. Um, we had a generator rental company. So so in Ghana, a lot of the sporting countries, they have something called lights, lights off in it. So the, the actual power, the grid shuts down for maybe about five hours. So you, everyone needs, yeah, you need yeah. you need your own generator. So we had generator rental company in Ghana. Um, yeah, man, I've had a promotional company. I had a company called Year which is, um, that was one of my first companies, actually. Mm. It, was a, it was a help service for work experience students in the creative field. So people can phone me and I'll, give them, I'll, I'll show them where, where work experience is given and stuff like that. So, yeah. So with all of these businesses, mm-hmm. were, was this money that you invested in yourself? Or yes. did you always get like partners? And no, no, no. It's only recently I started getting partners. I mean, apart from my property business, I do, I always, you see with me, I'm always the type of person to pull people up with me. Right, Yo, okay. I'm doing this, you know. Yes, you know, I have a gold investment company. Well, all these different things I would do. And I'd be like, guys, this is going to be amazing. Come, let's go. And, you know, with everything I, I do, I'm like, let's do this, let's do this. But sometimes it just doesn't work with other people. Does that make sense? And sometimes you have mm. to do it yourself or just with family, mm. you know. Um, because my my work ethic is insane. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying it to brag or nothing like that. Literally. I just, I just work. Yeah. I, you know, people are like Frank. How comes you're on social media a lot? How comes you're able to achieve so much? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I get up early. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is the formula to your? What do you think the key factors are? But, but from the sounds of this conversation, mm. it could, it's because of you and your driving your success. Mm. Is there any other factors that you would say? Look, I had this mindset, or I this is the practice that I did to really it's, get her. Do you know what it is? I, I, I would say it's consistency. Okay. Yeah, I think consistency is the cheat code. We always find everyone says, "Oh, how did you do it?" Mm. And I said, "I've just tried to be consistent as mm. possible, mm. not in just business, but in my attitude to people." Mm. I'm not. Mm. I'm not. You see, when you get into this quote-unquote industry, you know, there's so many fake people yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just hit me up. I'll hit you back. When you hit me up, did I ignore you? No, you didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? I did it. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? And that's yeah. what it is. Like people have hit me yeah. up, sent me DMs. I check my DMs. I'm like, yo, yo, boom, boom, boom. I try to get back to everyone, you know. Yeah. And I've, I've consistently been Being like myself, that. Yeah. People can vouch for me in any level. Yeah. They can't. No, Frank's always been cool. He's, yeah. he's not been weird, funny, and yeah. you know what I mean. And it's, and then in business, I've just kept on going. I've had some horrible downfalls, but I've been like. I'll keep going. And my consistency is what, what's led me to. I don't I don't give up. You they, I can't be stopped. So talking of that, mm-hmm. 
Now let's go on to King of Trainers. <laughs> yeah. Like that's tricking me to think. Okay. So JD tried to stop you at some point. At some point, yeah. Shout out JD Sports, man. They're my guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We're friends now, guys. No, we're friends. Not we're beefing. Friends. No. Just talking about an experience. Indeed. So, so basically the, the nickname King of Trainers has been around, like I would say from about 85, 86, right? As a, as a nickname. Right to yourself, to, for myself, okay. correct. Yeah, because it was a nickname, a school nickname. It was like a, it was even like a teasing thing. It was like, oh, you're the king of trainers. It was like it wasn't. And then in the, my second, my my teenage years, my friends were, oh no, you're not the king of trainers. It was, it was like that type of thing, mm-hmm. right? And um, and then I I I had a forum on my network, Fab's network, called King of Trainers Forum, where me and my friends, just me locally, we were just talk. Oh yeah, this train is coming out, of you know. And um, I then went to the Twitter. You know, I tried to do a blog back in the day. It just didn't work. The King of Trainers, I, I tried, it just didn't work. I didn't know what I was doing yeah. back then. Um, but then I had the the, the, the the forum and I registered the Twitter, King of Trainers on, on Twitter. Mm. And I would just talk about trainers. And, you know, I only had like, a, not even a hundred followers. I was just talking about trainers. I just yeah. love trainers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and then what happened is um, one of my, my, my old friends, he, 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 uh, Tweeted Nike, I'm just do it. Oh, that's unimpossible. Nothing. Why doesn't JD Sports speak to the King of Trainers? Mm. And then added us both in this in this um, this tweet. Mm. And then the JD main account at the time, I think they had ten thousand followers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is like 2011, 2012. They replied back, "Who's this imposter? What? That's what the actual account? Yes, yes, that's yes. I'm, you know what? I'm seeing. It. I want to see if I can find my old phones and see the screen. It was so crazy. They literally people. He's an imposter. So because back then. A, a lot of people I don't think understood what Twitter was gonna do in terms of it was like it was like seen by any, everyone. What people don't know is JD Sports used to call himself King of Trainers back in the the late eighties, early nineties, right? It was their tagline. Then they stopped using it around about two thousand and three and went with something called Best of the Best, rebranded their bags from from blue to yellow and and all that, right? Mm. And then, you know, so they used it as like a it wasn't as main heading out. How is it? I was like, like a more sub, like low, low key mm-hmm. thing. But for me, I didn't think I was infringing on anything. I didn't, you know, they have a retail trademark. I didn't think I was infringing. I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be them. I was just mm-hmm. an individual, innit? Yeah. So um, they started to attack me online. And you know, back in those days, if someone had 10,000 followers, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, now that's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they were like onto me. You're an imposter. Stop being like, like proper. Like whoever I triggered, whoever was on the social media at the how time. Did you, how did it make you feel? Huh? It just made me. I was just confused, confused because I didn't even think it was a thing that I was. Yeah, I was confused. So then after that exchange on on social media, what happened as well is because they had a big following and I had a small following. Then their followers saw it and started to attack me as well. So they were trolling me, you know, on like it was just, it was just crazy, mm. and then they blocked me and my friend. And then we, you know, then two weeks after I get a legal cease and assist from their lawyers um, saying you're infringing on our trademark, shut down, or we're going to go full extent of the law. Do you know that type of, type of talk? But, um, and I've, I've said this many times before, you can't bully me. You can't. Is that how you felt at the time? Yes. At wow, then, you're strong. Yeah, no, I, would, no. I would have started crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> You can't, I'm, from a, I'm cut from a different cloth, but you can't. Yeah. And what I don't like is bullying. Yeah, Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, I don't, I just don't, I, I don't think there's any need for it. So, you know, very calmly, I wrote back to their lawyers and said, hey guys, um, can we work together? So maybe I was a bit naive. I was a bit like, ooh, like, I was, hey guys, can we work together? They wrote back, 
no, our client, no, 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 no. our client, our client, no, doesn't want to speak to you. Um, um, you can't work, you know, you're infringing. You've got seven days or we're taking away filing court papers against me. So I'm like, okay, cool. So that's game time. So I learn as much as I can. Not everything needs to know. I, I keep on saying that I learned everything needs to know, but there's a lot more you need to know about trademark law. Oh. So I learned as much as I can in seven days, six days actually. Then on the last day, I phoned up their, their lawyers, big, big intellectual property lawyers based up north. And I said, hey, it's the King of Trains on the phone. Mm -hmm. The female lawyer, she was like, you can't say that. <laughs> and then I said, I hope. She was in the other yeah, one. I know. It was someone, someone's, someone's head spun. And then I said, um, actually, I can. And then um, I started to kind of just break down the, the kind of case studies and just things about about um, mm. about what I'm, you know, just just the, just the law. Yeah, the law is yeah, the law. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Then she was like, oh, you know, because the way they wrote to me was very, and it was very kind of aggressive. You know yeah, how these lawyers yeah, are just yeah. very, you know, like you said, you would have cried. It would have made mm. a lot of people cry mm. because I'm standing on the fact that I don't, I haven't done anything wrong in my eyes. So why are you guys doing this to me? Mm. So then they, they were like, no, the woman was like, oh, but you know, if, if you go to court, don't you understand? You could lose money. And, and I mean, I was willing to risk it all. Like I had a property portfolio of over a million and, and I, and I was like, and then she said, so then she started to say like, but don't you know, JD, I mean, JD, you can't, you can't mess with them. They own everything. They own size. They own size, um, they own foot patrol, they own um, a lot of brands that are sold within JD Sports. You get uh, me? So when they say to the king of trainers, yeah, they are. That's, I mean, in terms of mm. retailers, you can't mess with mm. that. But I feel that I was being bullied and I didn't want to feel that way. So then she, she, she then asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, um, yeah, I want to go to court. She couldn't believe it. She was like, because like, they're a billion pound company. What are you going to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, and he said, okay, so give me your lawyer's details. And I said, I'm going to defend myself in court. Yeah, on the phone. And then um, it was like, whoa, like, what's this, what's going on here? So uh, um, I, she, I said, okay, I'll wait for your correspondence. So then um, she, I think she went back and she must have been like, if we lose, if we go to court and this, whoever he is, <laughs> it's going to be problematic. So um, I got a letter probably about two or three months later saying, you know, oh, even four months later, I was waiting, but I was ready. I was, I was ready. I was like, look, the law is the law. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not trying to be JD Sports a shop. I'm just doing my thing, innit? Mm -mm. And then they said, wrote me a letter saying, um, you know, dear Mr. Button, we're no longer going to continue this matter. You're going to close this case, <laughs> you know. And but at, at that time, yeah, no, well, but at that time, what people don't know is they... Um, they launched a camp their campaign. There's only one King of Trainers. And they launched it in Tottenham Hill. I think I said this on. Oh that. yeah, you mentioned yeah. that to me. So they 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 basically they launched a campaign. There's only one King of Trainers, and it was on the side. I remember, like on the side of Tottenham Hill, um, JD Sports, Tottenham Hill Retail Park. Anyone go there, you'll see on the it's a huge in huge writing. There's only one King of Trainers, and they, I mean, I think you know, I think over time it must have you know that was like 2012, and they launched that campaign. There's only King of Trainers. And it, they launched Undisputed King of Trainers, Undisputed King of Trainers. I think that's sick though. So when, for, yeah. for you to influence yeah. potentially that campaign. Indeed, indeed. Wow, okay. And um, so when people go there now and they've rebranded, like, so now a lot of their shops, King of Trainers, everything, you know, it's one of those ones where now it's like, hold on. Uh, like, and that's when I said, that's when I, you know, so we had a little kind of spat and then 
I think even probably like a year after that is when I registered Instagram. So then when, when I saw the King Train's name was still available, I was like, these guys ain't serious. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was like, you know, um, and then I, and I started to just go crazy on Instagram and just do my thing yeah. and, and do, do my, and I just was just going for it. I was going for it, like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then God being so good, you know, during like lockdown, they reached out and they said, look, Frank, we want to share your story about King of Trainers on our platform. And I done. I shared my story about the whole thing with See, them on their platform. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. That's amazing. Where we done we done some content together. And now I work with them. I work with them. Look at that! Total 360. Ten indeed. years later. Indeed, indeed. That is indeed. so sick. Cause they probably respect you as well. Exactly. Yeah, I, they do. They do. I believe so. Like I, I, I have contact with a few people in the company. Yeah. Um, and they know I work my ass off. I work my ass off and I'm I'm not you see a lot of people are doing it for money they're doing yeah, it I'm yeah. I generally love trainers yeah you love I've, trainers yeah. I can show you pictures from 30 years ago of me wearing trainers 20 years ago of me wearing trainers mm. 10 years ago do you know what I'm saying like for my whole life I really love trainers so yeah yeah well done by the way that's thank you so in regards to like your shops whereabouts Mm. are your shops located for anyone to know and also when Mm. did you launch these okay so mainly the the retail arm of of what i do now um was launched um just after lockdown so um we i invested in a a cbd franchise called green machine i saw that you know um so one of my friends sham he invested in a a, a, sh- a green machine franchise and said, oh. "Look, I'm gonna I want to buy all of the London shops, right? I want to I want to c- control all the London shops for oh. this particular franchise." Oh. Um, he opened one in Cheshunt. I went to the Cheshunt shop, um, got something called Muscle and Joint, which we sell, one of our best products, oh. and um, I gave it to my mum. I used it. My mum used it. She's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Mum's got arthritis, so oh. she used it. It's amazing. And then he literally, I think he he opened that store, I think December 2019 or something like that. Then shortly after, coming into New Year, then all this COVID situation and then, and then lockdown happened. Then I think the government wrote to him and then like the local council wrote to him and said, oh, you're, you, you guys are a health shop, so you guys can open. He was like, Frank, I was like, yo, like I'm getting a place in, in um, I'm getting a shop in, um, in, uh, in East London. And then, like you know, Retrie Two got wind of it, and he hit he hit like Tarek, who's my French with brother, said, "Oh, can oh. I can I speak to Frank, like, because I want to get in." And then we all kind of sat down, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go." So then we we done that, and we done, we had such a good launch, and then we mm. we um we 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 now part of the parent company, so we have um, you know, we have about seven shops around London, um, and then we have one in Jersey as well, so. Yeah, That's the CBD incredible. stuff. Yeah, so the green machine that was the first one that we myself I was involved in. Mm. Um, we we that was that's unit um, nine box park Shoreditch. Mm. Um, shortly after that, or during the same time as me launching that, I had a um, have a business called Retro Clothing RXTRO store, um, and that business was it's basically like a, a kind of we sell like what we what we call dead stock track suits so we sell like um old nike from like the 80s 90s 2000s oh. like we have some incredible pieces all where do you find this stuff <laughs> if i told you yeah so we we sell some real key pieces all with tags all brand new tags crazy crazy mm. pieces um you need to come down man yeah um, I do. And then, so we sold that and that's unit 11 
Box Park, Shoreditch. Okay. And then um, after my Les collaboration, working with fo- a company called Focus Brands, I love those guys. Um, they we we partnered up to do the shop. So who's the shop. Focus Brands is the company that um, that brand manage Averex UK okay. and Europe. Right. Yeah. So then they um, we partnered up and then um, we we opened Averex, which is Unit Twenty Box Park, Shoreditch. So find me a box wash footage. <laughs> so how do you distribute your time? Because mm-hmm. you see, you and, and you're working on campaigns, I'm sure, with companies yes, with do, everything yeah. of trainers yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. So what so what does your time look like? A typical week? Okay, so I'm an early riser. Okay. I'm up five, six every day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I in the mornings I'm I'm up, I'm up, first of all social media, you know. Um I look at what any DMs, any messages I got, then I get up, you know, then I'm- You check all of them? Yeah. Yeah, I get a lot as well. And I check them all. I check them all. Because, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, when I, I said to myself, I don't want to ever be that person that someone says, oh, you would do this or you would do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, and I'm not yeah. trying to people please everyone in any yeah. way, shape or form, but I'm not, I definitely don't want to ever be that person that, Oh, you didn't get back to me. You didn't, you know. And I and sometimes I miss things. You know, forgive me. Do you know what I mean? But you know. But then um after that, you know, I'll maybe my speak to one of my business partners. Maybe it could be my my, my guy Tarek from Green yeah. Machine. Do we need more stock? Do I need to collect stuff? And yeah. you know, and that's like probably on a Monday. Then I'll, I'll fly down to the, the shops for yeah. about eleven, twelve. Yeah. You know, check everyone's in, <laughs> check my stuff <laughs> in. You know, um, see who's late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get there before my staff. More stuff every, every day. day, every day, yeah, probably near enough, you know. And I make sure that like, I'm there before them, so I see who's late and I see who's thing. Yeah, I'm not. It's not like I'm trying to spy on them, but I'm just, I'm just active. I love it. I love, I love working hard. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, do you not get tired? Um, I did. I, I did burn out in 2008 mm. when I went through. I was, I was working then. I was working. I was working a lot harder than I am working now. To be mm, fair, mm, mm. um, but I, I, I love what I do. I, I wake up every day just... I can tell. I love it. Yeah. I can tell that there's a buzz and, and mm-hmm. it's inspiring. It's even inspiring me now mm-hmm. speaking to you. Just, I'm just thinking to myself, just keep going, keep going. Oh no, for sure. Never give keep up. Going. Consistency is a cheat code. Yeah. You know, consistency is a cheat code. Everything you desire will come to you if you're just consistent. You know, what we, 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 we tend to do, especially um, as people, we're impatient, right? And we want it to come now. Now, yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, but there's things that's happening for me now. I've got my first shoe, 10 years. Like, I'm I'm going to be, I ain't going to say my age, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> older than, I'm a lot older than a, a lot of people. Yeah. And um, I've got my first collaboration at this age. And I'm like, wow. You know, this year? Yeah, it was, yeah. so I, I designed them in 2019. And we launched at Selfridges um, summer in July. It took about a year. Um, it took two years because we. Years. So it was, I, I, I designed twenty nineteen. I done the launch. My friends and family launched. My first friends and family launch in twenty twenty in February twenty twenty. Mm. They locked. Then they announced my collaboration in March. They locked. happened end of March. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then that's that. So then, um, from there, it was like I had to wait until after lockdown, and then 
you know, we, we managed to make it Do happen. You know how sick that is to make your own shoes. Yeah. What? I appreciate that. It's like crazy. that is amazing. Selfish is. Yeah, yeah. Offspring, shout out offspring. They hooked me up. That's amazing. With some space there. And you, de- because you're a graphic designer, mm-hmm. you designed it yourself. Yeah, I designed it myself. So it was a color palette, really. So it was, um, it was an LS tanker, um, and it's, it was basically a color palette. And I, I was like, and I could have done anything on them, but I just made one shoe, dark blue, one shoe light blue, which represents Boris Becker's um, LS top he was wearing back in '85. Okay. Stuff, yeah. So it was, it was quite crazy. What um is it? Is it still available today? Or it not? is still available. Okay. Yeah, we, we sold it. We sold out in Selfridges, I believe. Um, and then now we've we've got a, a couple of pairs at my retro store in um okay. in Box Park. Okay, yeah. okay, wicked. Yeah. So just to touch on also the social media thing, I know that mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of social media, either aspiring influencers or current influencers or people mm-hmm. that want to grow their brand Indeed. on social media. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give? I know consistency's in there, so you yes, know indeed. be consistent. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's creating content mm-hmm. and there's engaging with audiences. I know people mm-hmm. that have been posting consistently yes. decent content, mm-hmm. and the followers still don't grow. So yeah. So what is it? One thing I, I would say, I have actually got an audio book about this called um, "How to Get Free Stuff from Brands." It's a clickbait title, yeah. but it tells you about how you build your social network. I feel that a lot of people have to be innovative about the content, but not always rely online. Come offline as well. What are you doing offline to to complement what you're doing online? Mm. Are you printing flyers about your business? Are you networking about your business? In, t- in today? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Never okay. forget the traditional marketing. We should never forget traditional marketing. Okay. Even though we are obsessed with social media and things like that, traditional marketing will always prevail. It will always prevail because oh. when your phone signal goes down and when this happens and that oh. happens, and even like, look, when lockdown happened, even though we couldn't see each other and digital market digital was better, after that, people want to be outside. Do you get what I mean? Oh. So I would say, what are you doing offline? Oh. You know, <coughs> are you... Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, my, my watch. Um, no, yeah, what are you doing offline? And also look at someone that is successful oh. and be like, okay, what are they doing? What can I do a little bit better? But it does, for every area of business, it takes time. Mm. Don't think that, oh, because it's this or because it's that, it's going to be quicker, it's going to be slower. Mm. Um, it takes time. And some people, you might see people, because what we do as humans, we look at other people, and be like, oh mm. man, how come, it's, how come it's going well for that person? And you know, how come it's not going well for me? But your time is going to come if you're consistent enough. But what practices should people do to to not um, think that? Because I think again, with the day that the day and age we live in now, mm-hmm. we see all the time and like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this person's done this, mm-hmm. that, that, whatever. Yeah. Is there any particular practices that people can do to help them stay focused? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You you see what it is. I, I can say all the practices in the world, right? It's whether people actually listen. Do you get? Okay, what I mean? guys, make sure you, you know listen, okay, it's, it's, and let us know so, if you've done it or not. So for me, it's about before you get online, mm. having your plan. Mm. Like I always, I've said this, I said this in one of my books, I said, do a mind map. Does anyone know, know what a mind map is? Where yeah. you, you draw yourself in the middle, oh, then you do the, yeah. yeah. Do a mind map of mm-hmm. what you really want to achieve mm-hmm. and stick to your plan. That's the difference. You see what we do is mm. we divert and we're like, this person's doing it, this person's doing mm-hmm. it. Look at people for inspiration, see what mm. they're doing, see how you can do it better, mm. but stick to your plan. Mm. And that's what that's what I believe that a lot of people need to actually do, just stick to their plan. Mm. And um, I think they will be okay. It's hard though. It's really hard because you, you see someone doing something 
crazy and you're trying to follow that and get the yeah. numbers and followers and stuff. But I was, I was, I stuck to my plan and then I kind of diverted from, um, which was news content to my personal content. Mm. And I just stuck, stuck to personal content and it's, it's, it's gone. You know, I don't, I probably don't get as many followers or whatever, but I always say it's quality, not quantity as well. Mm. And it's easy for someone like me to say that, mm. but when you get to that high level, then you realize, oh, the followers ain't really growing. Then what are you gonna do? Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. But once you got your core audience, you can you you service them and then you know. Okay. Do you still do social media consulting now? Yes, yeah, I do. So do, do you do it for personal people? Or companies I do it or? personal and companies. It depends who who hollers and and you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. because I'm thinking that there's probably a lot of um companies that. I know of that I probably want to hire you to just do talks internally yeah because I think a lot mm-hmm. of the times especially because my, my, my background's in recruitment mm-hmm. so a lot of the times companies encourage you create your own personal brands mm. push your own personal brand Indeed. Um, so yeah I yeah oh, I've done I've done a few I've done a few like Ernest and Young Barclays I've done like oh, a private okay. tools yeah yeah for company so if the company holler at me man Okay, so you're, you're, you have time, yeah? I've got time for that. <laughs> the money is right, eh? If the money is good. If the money is right, you've got time. If the money is good, I've got time. I've always got time for that. <laughs> okay, and just, and just to kind of to wrap things up as well. Thank you, by the way. But to wrap things up as well, is there anything that you have coming out that you want people to be aware of? Or is there anything that you want to leave our listeners and viewers with that will really resonate with them and potentially have a massive impact on their Well, future? no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, well... All I say is, look, um, come and check out my stores in in um, Box Park. Um, I've, you know, I work with some amazing people. Um, you know, friends, family. Um, but what I would leave is follow your path mm-hmm. and your destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, you were saying to me, like, what gave you the confidence to? wear a crown and a robe and all that mm. and I, I keep on kind of even me I think about well, how, what, I got away with that do you yeah. know what I mean and it's because I was just really confident just just doing what I wanted to do like deep in your heart mm. what you want to do and don't let no one kind of pivot you and you know and it will be hard it'll be ups and downs people will laugh at you oh you know you know and that's how it was for me people point their fingers laughing at me mm. and I guarantee now every single brand who laughed at me and they've worked with they've paid me so for me, it's, it's it's my consistency, my self belief. You know, I call myself like a, a UK Kanye West. Like I have I have a different kind of self belief. You know, without trying to be too arrogant and too cocky mm. about it. Mm. And I still treat I treat people with respect, and 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 I I I, I, I request that back, and, and that's 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 what it is. I love yeah. that. You're such a wholesome person. Thank well. you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. It's anytime. It's good. And um, yeah, have a good rest of the day. No, I Thank appreciate you. Cool, man. Follow me on, on IG, King of Trainers. <laughs> and I'll, I'll add all of his links to socials, websites, books, all of it, so that everyone can get a hold of it. Thank and remember you. to share this episode with any friends, subscribe, like, and I will see you all on the next Black Create Connect episode. Bye.